Episode 9 of How We Bounce Back. Holiday break is only two weeks away. But before that, we have some good laughs for you this evening. This man right here, my longtime cousin, like a brother to me since we've been laying the smackdown on our own brothers in the basement. <laughs> since skunking them in Madden every time we play. Since late night online Halo parties. Since we've been playing Manhunt on Jocelyn Drive. He's raised in Woodbridge, Virginia. He's a proud ODU grad, icon of Norfolk, and yowling his way through his young adult life. He's a talented graphic designer for the Philadelphia Union. He's developed creative work for major sports teams such as the Washington Capitals, the Washington Mystics, and the Washington Wizards. He designed artwork for his very own show, and he's designed artwork for his own Adidas shoe. Damn, he's designed everything. He runs his own podcast <laughs> together with BDOT, Mikey Edwards, Every day is Sunday. Check them out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. He is the icon of icons, and he will be main eventing WrestleMania 50 in 13 years from now. <laughs> he is the one and only Bjorn BJ Reloda. What's popping, bro? Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Yo, that was a crazy intro. Oh, my God. <laughs> we just ran through memory lane and, like, 45 seconds right there at the same time as shouting me out through everything. That was the SmackDown one is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We could get into that yeah, later. That's yeah, hilarious. yeah. We don't want to talk about oh, when we gosh. 3D Jeff or Queen Brian through, through a, a couch <laughs> or clothesline them and like Jeff crying when he got yeah. my people's elbow from my skinny elbow. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for like the outtakes. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, man. That was a great intro, though. Thank you for Absolutely. that. Thank you. Bro, we're about to run down a bunch of topics right now that I know many others have the same interest. But guy talk. Let's talk about sports. What are your top three moments in all of sports history? Top three? Mm -hmm. Big question. All right. I can, do, I can think of two off the top of my head. Um, the first one is because I was there. And because of the the news with John Wall leaving, so I feel like it's a good yeah. time to say this. But I was there for Game Six. I think it was four years ago against the Celtics uh, when he hit the buzzer beater three. I was there for that Amazing. game, and that was like the best moment as like a you know as a DC fan in any mm. sport in you know decades. Mm -hmm. So that one is definitely one. And like I said, being there was just the atmosphere. Everything about that was amazing. Um, two, I'm going to just say RG3's whole rookie career. Mm -hmm. Like his whole, that whole season, mm -hmm. bro. Like as a football team fan, it was just like, it was just amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like that was the closest we've got. That was our Super Bowl year, you know, for <laughs> as, a, as a Washington fan. As bad as we were, that was our Super Bowl season. Like we didn't win a Super Bowl or anything, but that was just like, our peak happiness. So I'm going to say that for yep. two. Um, I can't think of another DC one. I was trying to do all DC, but the third one, I'll probably say, I remember seeing uh, Ray Allen's three to go into game seven. against. The oh Spurs. yeah. When the heat. Yeah. there. Yeah. 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 The heat. When, when Bosch got the rebound and kicked it out to Ray Allen, I think that yeah, was three. Yeah. 
that was just like oh her, yeah because then they went on to win the whole and you didn't want to we didn't want to see uh i don't think we want to see lebron lose two in a row on the heat right there yeah no, <laughs> you're like yo dude, no. you didn't go to heat to lose two in a row bro <laughs> at yeah. all. no i'm such a lebron stand too i was like this can't happen bro you can't lose <laughs> yeah, again, yeah 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 like the the media be pushing pushing lebron and you know i think we're both mm-hmm. like sports of lebron but yeah, they're like Ray Allen, Chris Bosh, they really bailed him out there. And they really closed it out in game seven. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I think off the top of my head, I'll, you ask me another day, I'll probably give you three different ones. But off the top of my head, those are my yeah. top three. I really love how you did bring up two Washington moments. You know, I think it's rare that you, like a mm-hmm. lot of people in our hometown, they grew up in D.C., but they decided to disband like, our, or not even associate with our Washington teams because, like, you know, they're. They were not mm-hmm. good. They especially the, I don't even want to say Redskins, but football team, you know, and then like you mm-hmm. know the Wizards yep. for a while. Like yeah, Gilbert Arenas, Karan yep. Butler, Antoine James, and then we had a little downhill after after that. So you know, love how we stuck to our DC roots. You know, stuck stuck to yeah, always. always, man. Like and like I love how I I saw you on social media the other day. Like I don't know, you know, Russell Westbrook might have been. Like an okay, like he definitely is a better player than um overall than John Wall, but uh, team player, team oh, player, yeah. I don't, you know, it might be, mm-hmm. yeah, like you know, the chemistry and whatnot. Like to have a team, you need to have chemistry. Exactly. So not taking shots at Westbrook and whatnot, but John Wall, there's a reason why mm-hmm. he was with the Wizards for ten years. So yeah, ten, ten years. years. That's like, and for it to just end like ten years, and we were waiting to see him step foot on the court for another two mm-hmm. years. And then the day finally comes and he's gone, you know, like, yeah. just a terrible ending to a story. That's why yeah, I was just so yeah. upset about it. But, you know, I wish the best for him. You know, I hope Russ does good for us. It was just in the moment, you know, you're just upset with it. But at the end of the day, it's a business. You got to keep moving sure. on. Right about that. All right, bro. Well, now let's switch things up to something funnier. What's your top three funniest moments in WWE history? Top three funniest moments? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say, oh, man. I can think of one off the top of my head, and it's funny because I'm talking to you about this. Because obviously, if you're listening to this, like, me, James, our brothers, like, we all just grew up, like, heavy with WWE. Like, we love wrestling. We, like, play wrestle all the time. So, like, I'm. that's obviously why James asked me this. And, like, this answer, so I will never forget this. Uh, me and Jeff... And James, like I said, we all used to watch wrestling. One day, Jeff was over, James' brother, obviously. And we were watching SmackDown. And um, we're just, like, normally, like, casually watching. And this dude comes out, right? His name's Boogie Man. You obviously know Boogie Man. But for the viewers, this man comes out with, like, he's, like, you know, he's deezed. But, and then he has, like, you know, like, the face paint, whatever, like, normal wrestlers. But he comes out with, like, a bucket. And everyone's like, what, <laughs> like, what is going on? I pulls out the bucket like real worms and i'm like geeking out bro i'm absolutely losing it and jeff is just like what what the what is going on <laughs> and the dude takes the dude looks at the worms and just starts eating all the worms that are alive dog i would never forget this day i look over at jeff and he starts puking <laughs> he starts puking <laughs> I'm I'll never dead. forget this. <laughs> this man literally started vomiting oh because he saw God. that man. I'm 
dead. Eat worms. Oh my god. And I lost it, bro. I absolutely lost oh it. Oh my gosh. That is easily the number one like <laughs> funniest thing I've seen in wrestling. Just cause like not normal. the experience, you know. Everything is every like I said, the John Wall experience mm-hmm. being there, like the experience for this was I'm with Jeff mm-hmm. and he's literally just vomiting mm-hmm. because he saw this dude. Do this. <laughs> oh yeah. man. I can't I don't know what to say for other two. Hey man, we we can cut at that one. That one was probably equivalent to three. So, <laughs> like you know, yeah, I was hoping. Yeah, that yeah, and like honestly, like cool. the way you just sort of associated those moments in WWE with NBA with sports, like I feel like you know it's it's something that stick close with you rather than like the the athlete mm-hmm. themselves or you know it's sort of like where were you in the moment? You know, like you were in the. You exactly. were in the Capital One Arena, right? You were on the your living room with Jeff mm-hmm. Pukin on the couch, right? <laughs> you know, um, of course, we've yeah. never seen the Redskins pop off like they did in 2012 with RG3, but we were probably just, mm-hmm. you know, like more excited than we ever been with just watching the Skins. So, yeah, definitely, definitely yep. awesome that you can associate those sports moments to like your actual real life moments where you were at that particular point in time. Yep. Yep. It, it, yeah, uh, it, all of them have a lot to do with just living in the moment, for yeah, sure. For sure, bro. Do you have any pop culture icons that inspired you growing up in music or sports or any family and friends that you looked up to? No cap on the number of people you want to name. We got all the time for the shoutouts. Um, off the top of my head, in terms of pop culture, uh, Kid Cudi is like at the top of my list if not like top two wow um just like his the way he start. obviously i love his music first and foremost um two he like the way he started off was just he was always just a different vibe like was one of those like i don't care what people think i'm gonna just do me you know mm-hmm. and that's kind of how i like i i see myself like because i saw him and be successful with it and then the way he just approaches his work, like I said, he's just very different and unique. He makes sure his stuff sticks out. And, like, also his music is just, like, a lot of it's just relatable. Because, like, you know, it could be rap, hip-hop, and, like, people are just trying to listen to, like, a cool beat and stuff like that. But, like, if you really listen to some of his lyrics, like, it, it really hits home for me. And, like, an example for that is on his album with uh, Kanye West, the song called Reborn. Mm-hmm. Like that song like hits home to me and it's the most simple it's the simplest thing in the world he just says like i'm so reborn like i'm moving forward so it's like no matter where you are in life like you got tomorrow to just like reset and like Mm -hmm. progress in life Mm -hmm. and just the way he just like his ted talks and interviews and everything you know he's just like so positive and just like Mm -hmm. he's been through it all Mm -hmm. yeah so i would definitely say him um Another person, obviously, I would say is like my brother. The reason, like, you know, obviously, but um, to like the people listening, like, I just always looked up to my big brother. Um, you know, like me and him are like six years apart, but like the way me and him interact, we could be like twins almost. You know, like we're just like always hand in hand. By the same time, I always looked up to him. Like I'm a graphic designer today, like because of him, he showed me Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And I just never put it down, and I, like, fell in love with it ever since, you know? So I always, like, I owe it to him that, like, I fell in love with this career. Yeah. 
So definitely them two off the top of my head for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And I think like with you know, let's let's just go with your brother. First of all, I was crying inside when you started talking about brother. You know, the brotherhood is always <laughs> you know a sacred relationship, sure. like very you know underscored, underrated. You know, like I know mm-hmm. there's always like you know many relationships between like mother to daughter, father to son, but brother, the brother that's. That's something, you know, can be your own, you know, we can be best friends, worst enemies, but, like, mm-hmm. I think the what, what uh, you know, B-Dot, Kuya Brian symbolized for uh, our family is that, um, you know, he was a, he was really sort of the role model for, for all of us, for, you know. Like, all of us, all of, Yeah, like, he was the, if a lot, a lot of people don't know, but, like, he was the oldest out of, like, our group, like, our, you know, cousins mm-hmm. in, in Woodbridge, you know, and, like, you know, he always did, you know, all of the, you know, the fun things, the the, the cool thing. He, he socialized, you know, played play basketball. I remember when I was in middle school, he had, like, 50 people, like, in the whole driveway playing basketball. I was like, man, <laughs> like, he is cool. Like, you know, you know, while we're here, like, you know, with my with, with a popsicle on my bike, you know, just looking at you like, all right, what are we, what we going to do next, you know? But, like, yeah. you know, he, he always gave also life lessons. He kept it real. He kept it funny. Mm-hmm. You know, he definitely – uh, you know, he, he kind of shaped us to where, where we are today, you know, culturally, mm-hmm. you know, pop culture, wise, sure. you know, like how we dress, music we listen to, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think it's funny. He's probably going to laugh listening to this right now. I remember like he had 6,000 songs in his iTunes. I'm like, man, I need to get my, <laughs> I need to get my iTunes like music, yeah. like playlist up. I need right? to get my music game yeah, up. Yeah. 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 He listened to Memphis Bleak. I'm like, who's Memphis Bleak? Let me listen to Memphis Bleak too. Yeah, you know, like oh my God. I'm about to listen to Memphis Bleak after this. Yeah, yeah, yep, infatuated. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So you know, he he definitely, you know, it's it's hard being the oldest brother, and like, you know, obviously I know that too, but he was the oldest brother for many people, and I think you six mm-hmm. years apart, you know, like usually in a lot of families. That could be a distant relationship. You two have been the closest, like, brothers mm-hmm. I've ever – I'm going to actually say, I'm, I, I hype it up probably every episode, like, I've ever seen or best ever and whatnot. You two are the closest brothers I've ever seen, honestly. Like, you know, it, and Rosemary said that too, like, how close you two are with having your own podcast, you know, really, you know, sharing the same – most of the same friend group, you know, growing growing mm-hmm. up in the same college together in Norfolk and whatnot, and just to, yep. you know, and just the laughs that you guys shared so genuine, you know. I feel like when I, we'll talk about the podcast in a second, but like when mm-hmm. I'm listening to that, I tell I message him every time on Instagram uh, messages, and I'm like, listen, I think I'm, I it feels like I'm in the living room with you guys mm-hmm. again. Yeah, you know? the way you guys <laughs> laugh, it's like. You know, such a brotherhood, so natural. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it, it really is amazing. I think a lot of people like your your, your guys' podcast is very, uh, you know, um, inspiring. It's a good way to break the ice. It's you know, it's very comedic. You yeah. guys literally keep it lighthearted. So you know, um, yeah, I think what he looks up as a brother to you. Uh, you know, I, I love it. He's a brother to me. You know, he's a brother for so for many. Sure. Yeah, I love him and. Glad, glad you highlighted that. I was actually when I wrote this question down, I was hoping you would say the legendary Kuya B dot Brian. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, when you said you feel like you're in the room, hey, when we're all home, like for the holidays, man, that's exactly what we're gonna do. So yeah, for sure. Just chop it up. Chop it up. Yeah, looking forward to that. We'll talk about that in a second. For sure. Um. 
and and so we talked about this before the show started. You lived in Philadelphia for two years, far from family, close friends, your brother, of course, your sister. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure a lot of us watching can relate on moving to a new city or state super far away. The highs, the lows, you know, times, uh, uh, you know, just being in that new city. How was your experience there, and what was the number one favorite thing you loved about Philadelphia? I mean, I think what I learned the most, obviously, was just, like, being on my, uh, like, all alone, you know? That was the first time in my life. Like you said, I'm away from family, friends. Literally, like, I didn't know a single person there. Mm. But, like, I just packed my bags and was like, I'm going, you know? Like, just took a leap of faith and... You know, it's one of those, it sounds so like corny, but like, you know, just finding yourself, you know, finding happiness with just being yourself, you know, and I think that was the most important thing with going to Philly and yeah. And it like shaped me who I am today. Like I think two years ago, like I definitely not the same person as I am now. Like, um, I'm a troll a lot. Like everyone knows that, but like at the end of the day, when it comes to like maturing up and like adulting and like all that, like I'm on top of my game now for sure. So, I, like, I thank Philly and the city for, like, helping me shape me into the person I am. Uh, my favorite thing there, um, I love the nightlife there. Nightlife there is awesome. Hey. <laughs> the nightlife is awesome because, like, it's everyone out there is, like, I mean, you, probably, you obviously know this, but, like, I've been to, like, I've gone out in cities, like, D.C. especially, where it's, like, mad clicky, you know? Like, everyone's just, like, really stuck up and, like. I'm obviously not a fan of that. I kind of, you know, talk to everyone, like, nice with everyone, you know, cool peoples. But, like, Philly, like, there's no such thing as being, like, like you can go out with a group, but at the end of the day, like, everyone's just talking to everyone. And I love, like, the socializing and, like, just how, like, young it is out there and how much, like, you know, people just don't care and mm -hmm. just socialize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's also the just the natural thing you get like in DCs where everything is like they talk about other cities being superficial. DC is super superficial, like you know, and yeah. it's just like you know, it's about status, it's about what everyone mm -hmm. does, it's about you know who you hang out with, like yeah. So like, I get it with the clicky part, but like you know, Philadelphia, like, I feel like everyone there, there's so much authenticity. It doesn't matter yep. where you come from, how you dress. Like, you know, sometimes people are not even asking what you do. Who cares what you do? You know, like, we're exactly. out here. We vibing. We're partying. We're having a good time. I'm sure the music scene in Philly is popping, you know, with all the, oh, yeah. with the concerts and, like, you know, mm -hmm. like, even the small concerts with some, you know, underground artists at the at the bars and clubs that you're at, you know. And, mm -hmm. yeah, tell me about that late night food really quick, too my gosh like oh my bro and like so dc obviously we always went to surfside like <laughs> hey, you can't surfside. go wrong with that no. <laughs> <laughs> surfside my spot, so i gotta disrespect them but yeah, like yeah, philly yeah. man like yeah, yeah. like so like if you're like i said dc like we used to get surfside but like philly man like you can go to any cheesesteak spot like at night and oh my it just smacks man like any Ooh. spot like and like you can't explain it unless you've had a real philly cheesesteak man you can't explain it mm -hmm. their cheesesteaks are just a different level and like 
late night munchies eating that oh man it's another level <laughs> another level yeah yeah it's another level you don't need That's breakfast the next day <laughs> you oh no yeah you probably get a little You're full till dinner next day yeah exactly you get a little <laughs> hangover but you got all your meals for the next day so. exactly <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah and then like those people that like that make the philly cheesesteak like listen they're they're born raised like that's their lives mm-hmm. making that and they that's that's the heart of the city. So they they know what they're doing over there. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. And I'm gonna let yeah. the viewers li- like that are watching or listening now do not go to Pat's or Gino's if you're going <laughs> to Philly. Like those are the tourist the tourist traps. Do not wow. go there. Gino's there's has better. Yeah, there's better and bomb spots than Gino's and Pat's. Man. Gino's because de- I thought that too. Yeah, that that's definitely infamous. <laughs> like, I've yeah. definitely. I've definitely heard that a couple times. I actually went there on my senior trip in high school, and yeah. really, yeah. I mean, and y'all went. I'm guessing we we went. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Like you know, I he probably's not listening to this podcast, but I know Rocket. He packed like eight Philly cheesesteaks from Geno's, and I'm like. This is all right. It tastes like Subway. He's like, I don't know. Yeah, you, you could know. just you could just go to Walmart. Yeah, like, I'm like, bro, thing. what you doing? Like, I thought he was about to. He's like, you want to flip the Philly cheesesteaks? I mean, I don't know. Like, that's all fine. Reselling the cheesesteaks. <laughs> oh yeah. man, that's you know, that's that's my man's rocket though. I mi- I miss him a yeah. lot. So yeah, man. Oh, G- Gino's, I definitely hear a lot about it. So yeah, love- I mean, obviously I had it. I'm not knocking it. It's one of those things where like you have to go once to try it, but. After you get that like touristy stuff out the way, like go to the real spots. Absolutely, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool, bro. Well, last thing I want to ask before we play our game, you know, um, I this had to come up. Every day is Sunday. Yes, sir. Your podcast beat up. Yow. Yow. Yeah, yo, you beat up Mikey Edwards. It's popping, bro. You guys are three seasons in. Feels like we're, yep. like I said, in the same living room as you guys. Laugh. You guys' laughs are actually pretty contagious. You know, sometimes y'all just start laughing. I was like zoned out in that specific scene, and y'all just start laughing. I'm just laughing, like, because y'all are laughing. Yeah. But, you know. People tell me all the time, like, yeah. my laugh is just ridiculous. So I like <laughs> try and tone it down now. <laughs> yeah. I all all of you guys. All of you guys, you guys really click and mesh so so well, and you know, uh, I think all of us are all laughing our asses off at home. You know, I I I I said this already on you know social media. I personally love the Halloween episode. You know, I really mm-hmm. like the long distance friendships episode. That one was pretty like you know, it's surprising. Friendship one, you yeah, know, yeah. I think that's one that a lot of people can relate to because like as we get older, there's a lot a lot of friends we've all split apart. Everyone that we saw 10 years ago is all in different cities so it's like how do we keep up keep up with them that was an amazing episode of the more recent ones yeah yeah for sure and you know i so i i want to ask with this you know how did this show start and you know uh maybe these two-part questions i got right here how did this show start and what's your favorite episode so far a year ago me and mikey were actually with different podcasts so Shout out Suburban Dudes. I was with Suburban Dudes, and then Mikey was with Frequency 103. We were both doing our own things in different um, podcasts, and then, like, both of them fell through. Um, you know, obviously, time goes on, stuff like that. And then quarantine happened, you know, the pandemic. Everyone's home. This was the beginning of uh, quarantine. No sports going on. No nothing. You know, everyone's losing their minds. So my brother, like, 
hit me and Mikey because like all three of us, you know, we're all really close. And my brother's like, yo, we should like do a podcast. Like people are like working nine to fives at home, have nothing to listen to, don't know what to do. No sports. Like, let's give them something. Let's give the people something to listen to. And they're like, the worst that could happen is like, we just stop because no one listens or like we can't come up with topics, you know? So we're like, we got nothing to lose. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then we came up with the name is Everyday Sunday because during quarantine, it like in the beginning, like now, like, you know, it's kind of like everything's getting slowly back to normal. Like people go out a little bit, but like in the beginning when everyone was locked up, like every day felt the exact same, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that's where the name Everyday Sunday came from. But yeah, that's how the uh, show or the podcast came about. And then, you know, we were and in the beginning, we we're like, we're just going to do it for quarantine. That's the main reason. And then, like, if you want to call this post-quarantine or whatever it is now, like, we're still going. So we ain't going to stop, you know? Keep the pedal to the metal for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's amazing. Season four coming soon. Season four. Yeah, you guys are on it. I feel like you guys record the episode literally hours before. You guys are, like, got a, you know, well-oiled machine going on. Because Mm -hmm. you guys touch on very relevant topics of what's going on at that specific point in time right for sure so yeah yeah so you know like with the quarantine going on and like everything like i don't think you answered this question yet but is there a specific episode that you like you know comes close to your heart or is that your favorite so far i think i like the friendship one like you were saying the friendship one was really cool because like it was one of those like after like you know you just text the people you haven't talked to in a while or you get a text like yo i just listen like how you been you know (laughs) You know, and I hate other people like, yo, I haven't talked to you in a minute. Like, I hope all is well, you know, like, I hope all is well sounds so cliche. But like when I tell people that I hope they've been good, you know, because I haven't heard from you in a minute. So that one, um, I would probably say that one, honestly. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, it's it's, it's a topic that I feel like no one likes to. No, I don't want to say no one likes to, but people don't try to touch on is like, hey, we've been so distant, so far from each other. You know, like it's. Everyone's on their own path, right, right now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, for you guys to really, you know, kind of shed light on, like, the nuances of keeping in contact. Like, do you – like, how good have you been in, like, keeping in contact? I feel like I need – when you guys said that, I was like, damn, I kind of – like, I was – I felt like I was good at it in college. But, like, also another thing, too, when you're in a relationship, you kind of start slipping off a little bit. And I – Oh, yeah. I – and I think you knew that. I think, you know, I think you did bring it up a little bit. Like, it, it's – yeah, it it touched my heart because you know for me like I I was just like damn I probably should be doing better and I and I feel like you guys addressed that for like you kind of like is that that you know you it's the alarm it's the wake up you know like we yeah. we we should be keeping more in touch with each other honestly kind of a little bit of the reason why I you know p- push together this show is to really keep in touch with people I haven't in in so long and. You know, obviously, we, we, me and you, and, you know, more more than others, because, you know, we're family and whatnot, but, mm-hmm, you know, sure. uh, um, yeah, definitely want to keep up with, with friends more over the years. I feel like we're very yeah. lucky compared to our parents, you know, with our, you know, our parents, they're happy to see their high school friends on Facebook, and like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Facebook bridged, like, that gap is a technology yep. that they haven't seen each other for 40 years, but we've had... We grew up in the social media age, so we kind of still stay connected. Now, staying connected and choosing to be connected, two different things. So now we got to, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, take it a step further. And, like, you know, it's, you know, again, we're only one call away, one DM away, one, you know, text message away. So love how you guys yeah. shed light on that. Thank you. I actually do 
now I remembered. I have I have another favorite. And like it caught it slipped my mind because it was from season one. So I don't know if like many people listened to it back then. But um this one is probably my favorite besides the friendship one was we did like the whole like Black Lives Matter episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you listened to that one, but just like hearing our takes on it, like, you know, me and my brother as like Filipinos or like, you know, Mikey as a black person, like you know, just different takes. And like you said, like, it's just, it's really how we talk in our podcast is like, we're all just sitting down, just having conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we don't really have anything written out. We just like, we just talk. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to like, you know, being really heart to heart in that episode, even though like, like you said, like usually our episodes are really comedic and funny and stuff. But like that one was like one where like it really hit home and like, you know, we got down and dirty with it. And like at the end of the day, that episode helped me like, help everyone else and raise over $12,000 for like black lives matter, you know, like yeah. stuff like that is just, mm-hmm. so that's easily my favorite episode. Yeah, for sure. And that, and like you, it keeps things, keeps us all leveled, keeps things grounded. It really wakes people up to their own, you know, our own racial biases are, so, you know, mm-hmm. like I've, I've, I'm not, I'm not going to go over here and sugarcoat. I've all had my own selfishness, you know, racial biases, but people can learn and people can try to, change and understand and just Mm -hmm. have compassion rather than criticize you know and just because you know especially with black lives matter especially just because their their skin color is black doesn't mean like they should ever get like just you know like just just see how they're feeling rather than think otherwise in that moment and you know like if you if people really dig down and like rosemary being um, you know, Hispanic is another, you know, they, they are not treated the same way as others. Like I think mm-hmm. us as Asians, we're Rosemary says this to me all the time. We're the model minority. Asians are the model minority. We can be treated as white. And like, I didn't even realize that. And like, that's mm-hmm. my own selfishness. And like, I, we, but people can change. People can wake up to the situation. You know, there's a lot of For sure. systemic equity that does need to happen. And like, I'm really glad that you guys really touch on that subject because a lot of people stay quiet during that time too. And like a lot of mm-hmm. Asians stay quiet during that time too. And you know, they yeah. were going to question, you know, that specific time as well. I'm not saying no names, but it's just like, you know, it's fine to stay quiet, but at least understand and have the compassion for others, yep. you know. That that's it. And mm-hmm. understand that there is like okay, maybe because the problems haven't happened to us. That doesn't mean that there's no problems in the world and it's fair for everybody, right? Exactly. You know, yeah, I think that that's what a lot of privileged people like, you know, like ourselves, like myself, have realized. Like, yep. because we've never experienced problems the way others have, doesn't mean it's the same fair shake for everybody else. And that's the exactly. biggest thing people need to wake up to is that okay, maybe the system is actually working against a certain group of people. It was working against black people. You know, it's working, mm-hmm. you know, against, you know, uh, low income, like, uh, you know, people like even from like a like income status standpoint, you know, like it, it, it's all across. It's all across like, you know, uh, it's targeted, you know. And so, yep. yeah, I, it really is amazing that you use your platform. You and your brother have an amazing you have amazing following through, you know, through your through your podcast, through social media, through Twitch, through your gaming. And I, it's amazing <laughs> yeah. that you did raise so much money to contribute for a big cause that that's so needed, you know, and that that 
you know, it just like I said, goes back to just because the problems aren't happening, to, aren't happening to us doesn't mean there's no problems. So just want exactly. all the viewers to know that. So, yeah. yeah, just like you said, just to summarize it, like it's just all about understanding. You can feel one thing one way and like just learn from it, you know, learn, understand, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. And you, you can admit there's nothing wrong with admitting that you're wrong, you know, and like, exactly, you know, you, you were, you were looked at as a stronger person as uh you know, you were looked at as, you know, someone that people can appreciate you. The world is better when you can start admitting to faults, admitting that you're wrong, admitting that, okay, maybe what I did wasn't right. You know, and <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to say straight up, our own president can't even do that right now. So just, you know, admit, yeah. admitting that you're wrong. It's step one, step one, step one. Just pushing the word, pushing the world forward. You know, it's like, you know, what, 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 like really you're going to live your life and feel like you're not going to cont- contribute to whoever else is going to come after you. That's just not the right way yeah. to do it. You know, that's, yeah. that's literally what selfishness. Selfish. De- yeah. Defined. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Again, that you had done that. I definitely, you know, uh, need to tune into that episode. I, I did not tune into that episode. At time. A lot of things were going on at that time, but Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, you, I know, I, like I said, with how he bounced back every day is Sunday, those episodes ain't going nowhere. It's on, nowhere. on the man. Yeah. <laughs> you can play it whenever you want. So. <laughs> right. You can binge it all you want. Binge it all you want. For sure, bro. Mm-hmm. All right, brother. Well, I don't want you to dodge this, but let's get this game started, you know. So I'm ready. Yeah, we talked about this last night. You know, we're going to play mm-hmm. something similar to what Gabby, uh, the game that we played a few weeks ago. So I'm going to ask you four hard, somewhat compromising questions. If you simply answer the question directly, I'll take a shot. But if you decide to pass on the question and spare yourself, you know, from the compromising position, then you take the shot. So I just want to say, FYI, the answers, nobody, none. I don't know. Both of them, all of them are unacceptable answers. Yeah. 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 You got to say, answer it or pass. And the pass, yeah, pull that shot up real quick. So I already know what one of the questions is going to be, which is the funniest thing ever. All right. We, we will see about that. All right. All right. So, so wait, should I show you my what I what I got to drink for DJ, this? Yes, please. Absolutely. Show the audience what you have brought to us today. All right. Well, first I got my orange juice. Obviously, I'm not <laughs> showing the br- I'm not showing the brand because we ain't sponsored out here yet. Oh, so we, word, got, word, we, word. Got, we got the orange yeah, juice. Yeah, yeah, we need then, that compensation for sure. I solely bought well, this for this episode bed. for this game. How to get the hen dog? Hey! Got the hen dog. <laughs> he defaulted me, and he even he left got the it hen dog. just for sh- this. Is how you know this man has a keen for show business. He left it in the brown paper bag <laughs> in before pulling ba- it out. Yeah, I got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to. All right, suspense right. for sure. So I'm gonna show you what I got. I got called out by Kalu actually a couple weeks ago. He knew I was gonna. Bring out the Henny. I don't want to be predictable like that, but uh, I did something different. Um, I over here. I got this DeSorno. You know, I got this DeSorno. Oh, fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one right here. This one, mm. Rosemary was making fun of me because it's an Italian drink, and she said it's liqueur, and you like you can't drink, <laughs> you can't drink it alone. You can. It's like if you're drinking alcohol spritz, and I'm like, 
why are you making me feel stupid, fiance? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, and I literally had to Google it, and it said you can drink it by yourself. So that's what we're doing. Oh, there right you now. go. Yeah. Hey, Google never lies. Google, Google never, never lies, lies, for sure. For sure. <laughs> oh, that's great. Question number one. Who's better, mom or dad? <laughs> like, period? Who's better? Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> you your dad be liking my here. your dad be liking the how he bounced back post Facebook posts. Just FYI, he might <laughs> be watching. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I got a drink to this. I, I can't answer that. You know, they're both they're both they're both you know they're both um, special in their own way. You know, mom is like you know the leader in the house. She always been you know always get us right and make sure. We're all like good at home. Obviously, my dad does that too. But then my dad's more of like you know the laid back, chill. Me and him talk sports type of person. So like you know it's a perfect balance of the two. So I can't I can't pick one because it's not complete without the other one. Absolutely. So well said. I got a cheers. I got a cheers to the mom and dad for this one. Hey, you know they they about to hug you, give give you two years free rent, even extra. <laughs> yup. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh man, I haven't drank in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing answer. All right. Question number two. Rank these people in order of your most favorite. Champ, Mikey Edwards, or Ryan Mason? Oh man. Oh, shout out, shout out Champa first and foremost. Shout out Champa, Player One Podcast. Shout out Mikey, who I do uh my podcast with and then Ryan's just been like my brother since freaking you know like high school so I'm actually into this one and they're all gonna they're all gonna understand why this is the, the order <laughs> I'm gonna go with one I'm I gotta go with Ryan um like I said he's been my brother since high school uh me and him lived together all throughout college so like you know me and him been through it all we still keep up to this day. He's literally down the street from me right now. Me and him always keep in touch. Um, so, yeah, I got to go with Ryan first. Second, I got to go with my boy Champa. Um, I look, all three of these are my brothers, first of all. I'm going to say that every time. But Champa, me and him, me, him, and Ryan all live together for uh, a little bit. So, me and Champa go even, uh, me and him go far back, too, as to college. Me and him went to high school together, but I didn't know him back then me and him didn't get cool until college and then like i said we just been keeping up me and him talk every day so i've met two and then three i'm gonna say mikey like he's also my brother but me and him didn't start getting close until like a couple years ago me and him worked together in college but like you know it was it wasn't where it is now where me and, like i can actually call him my brother so i'm ranking those three basically in terms of timelines of who I've known the longest. <laughs> I think they would understand sense. that. Yeah, that that's fair. That's For fair. Sure. That respect. Like you know, I think any 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 friendship. Would, I think if they were to rank their friends and you were in there too, it's based on timeline. That's that's amazing. Like we to have friends for so long. That's a rare thing, man. That's a rare mm -hmm. thing. A lot of people go to college and they just shut out all of their high school friends and yep. you know middle school friends so we're very lucky that we can really like you know say that we've had friends for like literally over 15 years 20 years who knows 
how long we can go back but yeah that's you know i think i think they would respect that but you know yeah i'd hope so and yeah. also i just had to answer it so you could drink with me <laughs> <laughs> hey champ, you know champ you're number two but you're always number one in my heart bro hey. and I, we get to comedy club here in la i'll be there with you brother <laughs> cheers yeah i need i need to come back out west coast and visit both of y'all for sure You can definitely drink this by itself because it bites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Awesome. Question number three. Describe a time where you wanted to legit, angrily, give your brother the stone-cold stunner. Oh, man. I wanted to give him the stunner? You were so angry. It's like almost like you really want to like, all right, I, I need to stun you right now. I need to, I need to put you down. When when were you that angry? I honestly don't think I've been that like like you said. Me and him are just so close. I don't think I've been that mad to him to a point where I wanted to strangle him in like recent time. When I was a kid, oh man, I tried it all the time. But he would do the thing where he just puts his hand to my forehead and I can't reach him. <laughs> but Ever since that, honestly, I can't answer that. I really can't because, okay. like you said, like me and him are just so close. Like I've never really wanted to just strangle him. Yeah, but since I can't answer it, I'll I'll take the fall in. All right, all right. I was like trying <laughs> to question my head. Should he take the shot or should he not? <laughs> no, no I'll take you. it. Thank you for it. deciding. <laughs> no, I got you. That's amazing. Plus, I just want to drink a little bit too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is. It is Thirsty Thursday right now. I know this episode airs on Wednesday, but. Pre-recorded on the Thursday. Ooh. Oh man, my insides are warm. Hey, hey. Kuya B. Brian is getting a lot of love in this episode right now. So shout out to For you. Sure. Shout out to As you, Kuya. Yep, yep. The last question, question number four. Describe a time when you knew you and your sister were arguing, arguing about something big, but you knew she was right about it. But you didn't want to admit it. This is kind of the same thing. I can't. Because, like, like, like when we were kids, like, I, it happened all the time. And, like, you know, when you're kids, it's just like, I'm never taking this L. I'm going I'm to take this to the grave, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. With the parents, like, you know, like, both of you are just fighting off the top of your lungs. And, like, you know you're wrong, but you just got to keep going with it. Yeah. But me and, yeah, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't answer that one either because I can't think of. And, like, I think it's just a thing it's with, like, my brother and sister is, like, if there is an argument, it's never it's never big, you know? It's, like, really minuscule or, like I said, your kids and you're arguing at the time and then, like, less than 10 minutes later, like, we're hugging it out and we're all good and we all love each other at the end of the day. Amazing. That was, that was beautiful, but I think you have to take a shot right there, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that the last one? Cause I, you didn't do the one that I thought you were gonna say. Oh uh, no! Please, please do. Yeah, that was the last one. So please share. <laughs> I thought you, you made me pick between my mom and dad. I thought you were gonna make me pick between my brother and sister. Oh nah, I would not do that. Yeah, there, <laughs> there, there, there you, you like Bernie coming home from Vegas and literally about to spear you through the wall, bro. Yeah. Oh, she hundred percent would. She hundred percent would. I'm still terrified of her. Shout out to sis, man. Shout out to sis. All right, brother. Let's get into the deeper questions. The first question I want to ask, 
Can you describe a time where you came to a life crossroads and felt pressure from either your parents or peers to go towards a career direction that you weren't fond of? When I graduated from college, like I'll just give a quick rundown real quick because it, it leads into this. Uh, graduated from college and like like James said at the beginning of the episode, like I I was with um, the DC sports teams, Monumental Sports Entertainment. I was interning them for like a year. Uh, I don't want to get too deep in that, but I did that for a year, and then I thought I would. They would have. They said they would have an opening, hopefully, and then give me a job. And then, after like the whole year of interning, they were like, uh, "We don't have a spot. Like, we love you, but like, we have to let you go. You know, it's a business." And I'm like, "All right, cool. Like, I'm gonna just get a job like somewhere else and like figure it out." But like, I was just, I just love sports. You know, we've been talking about sports a lot this episode, and I would, I just have a, I'm just, I just have a love for it. You know, like when I do, when I create and design sports related things it doesn't feel like a job to me you know like i love it and like i say all the time if you're working eight hours a day nine to five if you love what you do then like it's not it's not a job you're getting paid to do what you love so i was always like sports i'm staying in sports i'm staying in sports that's why i interned <clears throat> and this internship was after college you know which isn't normal at all i did a minor setback because i'm like this will pay off in the end um, and then, you know, three, four, five, maybe even six months pass. And like, I still don't have a job and I'm like, oh man, like, and like, this is where like, you know, the pressure is getting to me and I'm like, I'm at home, you know, I'm living with my parents. Thank you for my parents for like, let me stay at home during these rough times. But like, I'm not, br I'm not bringing m any money on the table. I'm sitting at home playing, you know, Fortnite every day, like. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to freelance and, you know, pick up stuff here and there. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I would sleep every day and just be like, man, like, I don't have a job. Like, nothing's lining up. Like, what is going on, you know? And, like, I'm not gassing myself up, but I'm good at what I do, you know? And, like, it's just so hard. And I know a lot of people go through it when they graduate college, you know? Everyone says it. It's hard to pick up a job, you know? It's hard to pick up a kid that has no experience in something and just believe in them, you know? So... I was so, like, I was so, like, I'm going to stay in the sports field. And, like, when those, like, four or five months hit, I'm like, damn, like, no one's picking me up, you know? Like, I don't have the credentials. I don't have the portfolio for this, you know? I know I can do it. I know I could do it. But when you apply somewhere, you know, they look at your portfolio and they're like, we, we, we don't know if we could trust you, you know? Because you you're fresh out of college. We don't know if we could trust you. So I'm like, man, like, I, I just need a job at this point. Like, I'm, like, itching over here. Like, I need money. Like, I need I need some type of income, you know? And then I just felt so much pressure because, like, my friends – I already graduated college a year later than I was supposed to. I was five years. every Like, you know, a lot of my friends were four. I already felt a year behind. And then coming home, another two years passed. I'm like, damn, like, I'm really behind. And now I'm comparing myself – to like my friend's salaries, my friend's jobs. And I'm like, man, I'm at home without a job, you know, living with my parents. Meanwhile, my friends have roommates living, you know, in Nova, you know, have like a nine to five and all this. And I just felt like I was just like out of the loop, you know, and like I was just lost at this time. Um, I was in like a long relationship that ended, you know, and I'm just like damn near rock bottom for me, you know, and I'm just like. I just felt like, you know, I'm a, I'm home with my parents, but I just felt like really I didn't know what to do with my life and my career. And I just felt so much pressure that I was like, I need to get out of like 
the sports field and like just get a job, you know, I need some type of income coming. So then that's when I started applying to like other places, like stuff. I don't even care. Like I remember going to a, um, it was somewhere in DC and it was like for some like art, um, drama thing, you know, like, you know, those acts where they do like Shakespeare and stuff like that. And I would design like their flyers and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, like, I don't even like in my head, you know, you go into the, uh, you go into the, uh, you go in there trying to get the job and like, you're telling, they're like, why do you think we should hire you? And I'm like, Oh, like, I really think I'm good for this, blah, blah. Back of my head. I'm like, yo, I just need your money. We all do. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yo, I, in back of my head, I'm like, I do not care for y'all. I don't, I'll make my stuff look <laughs> cool for my own portfolio. I'm a, I'm a finesse it. So like y'all think it's good. And like, keep it real. you know, that's how I was thinking of the back of my head. But when you tell them, you know, how the thing is, how do you benefit them? You know? So I'm telling them, like, look at my portfolio, look at my drawings. Like, I can do what you guys want me to do. And this was, like, it was only for, like, it was below, like, what I, what I should be making. But I'm, like, like I said, like, I just need money. And I leave that, and I felt really confident because, like, I met a lot of people. Like, you know, when you're trying to get hired, you meet up with one person, then, like, the manager, then the boss. So, like, I met everyone, and I'm like, oh, this is in the bag. Like, I went home, told my mom, I'm like, yo, I'm finally going to get bread. Like, it's in D.C., so I can still stay home, you know, like, but it's not sports, you know. So, in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't really want this, but to get any type of money, I'm even telling my friends I'm getting a job, all this. Like, two weeks passed, and then I didn't even get that. So, I didn't even get that, and I'm like, man, like, this is just ridiculous now. And then... Another crazier one was that I forgot to mention was like I applied for the Seattle Mariners, you know, the MOB team. Mm-hmm. I got through they uh, they, you know, they interviewed over 500 people. I was in the top 10. So I'm telling my mom, I'm wow. like it's in the bag. I'm like it's in the bag. I'm getting this, you know. I'm getting this. She goes off and like tells like her friends and everything uh, I'm moving to Seattle. Premature. I'm like, "Mom, like yeah, I'm like, I don't even have the job yet. Like, you yeah. can't be like, I'm too superstitious. Like, a you can't little be bit telling of a me jinx. about moving to yeah. yeah, and then I didn't get that either. And I'm like, oh, man, like, this is just. And, like, to to go back to, like, when I was saying, like, when I didn't have a job and, like, did all this, like, to cope myself with, you know, being alone, without money, all this, like, I was just going out every weekend. I would just go out D.C. every weekend to cope with, like, you know, my misery. I'm like, yo, Whatever, I'm gonna just go on DC with my friends in the weekends and totally just drink it off, you know. Mm-hmm. Just drink it off, and I hit a point where I literally hit like zero in my bank account. Like, I remember I was visiting my brother in Virginia Beach, and we went out to like eat somewhere, and like I swiped my card in, and like it didn't go through, and I'm like, oh man, like I actually don't have, I literally don't have money, don't have a job, and I'm like, like, yeah, this is not, this is not it, and like it was, it was terrible because like. I feel like I wasn't doing anything wrong. That's the worst part about it. Cause like, it's one of those situations you're like, what else can I do? You know? And this, this happened. I was like down to my last dollar. Cause I remember this was in October, like two years ago, I think. And then I applied to this job for Philadelphia union in, you know, in Philly. And it was for soccer. Like I didn't even keep up with MLS at the time, but I obviously know soccer. I know a lot of sports and this was like my Hail Mary. This was like the last one. I'm like, dude, if I don't get this one, then like I literally have no clue what I would be doing right now. I probably wouldn't even be a graphic designer right now, you know? 
and I get the call and like the dude was like awesome. He loved all my work. And then before you know it, I got the job, you know, and that was like, that's why I love Philadelphia Union. I love my job now and everything. But like just that those, you know, those like seven months was just miserable. I just felt alone, no money, no job, no income, you know, no girl, like, you know, like nothing was just aligning at this time. And then to just like pick my, like pick up my bags once I get the job, like people, people ask me all the time. They're like, why'd you go to Philly? Like, why would you like go up there? I'm like. I had no choice. I literally did have a choice. Like I had the to opportunity. pack my bags. Yeah, exactly. They gave me the opportunity. Like literally, like my mom. Like I love. Like I keep saying, I love my parents. My mom had to front me money to even afford to go up there. Like I'm like, yo, I'll pay. I literally will pay you back in the long run. Like, but she was like, I'll give you this, you know, to go up there and like you can like you know start your life, start your career. So like that's why like I say I have so much praise for. Mm-hmm. Who I work for because they, you know, they put so much trust in me from the jump when I didn't even have a portfolio or anything mm-hmm. to really show for it. And then, like, I, I've been saying, like, I love my parents for letting me stay at home during that time interning and that time without a job to just, mm-hmm. you know, believe in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that was really, you know, the the lowest of the lows I was definitely at where I felt like my career direction was going to change in terms of like leaving sports to do. Like, you know, like I said, like the Shakespeare, you know, like dance, whatever stuff. And Mm -hmm. like, I try to go in a different direction. That's the craziest part about it is I try to go in a different direction because I didn't have a choice at this point. But then, you know, like stars align, everything happens for a reason. And before you know, I'm back in the sports field. Yeah. And I and like, honestly, bro, like, you know, you, you know, you you exhausted all efforts right during that time. Like you really like felt like, okay. Like we need, like I have a passion in sports, but now it's looking for financial security, and like you were gonna risk yep. passion for financial security. A lot of people do that in this life, right? You know, everyone. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, I've done that. So, like you know, like glad that you found your way back into sports, be it and not be the sports that you grew up and watching. You know, and what you know what the case that that might be but like it's still sports made right? new love for it yeah it made new love for it made you respect for it and the one thing that you did that a lot of people don't understand it's a business where when you're interviewing it's not about particularly you it's about the company and like that's mm-hmm. why you are uh, and you can get into this later i might be teasing out like you might be starting your own we all are so want to start our own endeavors but like when you're interviewing for another company you got to tailor yourself to that company right and i feel yep. like the business the business right you're adjusting to what they want their needs you know even as that shakespeare rule you know like you you know you feel like okay you know i i don't know why maybe they had another candidate you know and so forth and it's just you know, sometimes luck doesn't play its part, but, you know, uh, you know, when you see a company at least take the chance on you ever since you went through that seven months of just turmoil, it's just like you would you kind of like, hey, you're giving me the opportunity. I'm going a, I'm to a hold up my end, too, you know, and like I'm going to mm-hmm. you and I, I, I happens to me out here, too, in L.A. Like, you listen, you treat me well, I'll treat you well, too. So, you know, and that exactly. that's why you respect you're wearing the shirt now, Philadelphia Union. You know, you, you really. It's not. It's not even like you know. I'm. I'm your company man. You know. It, it's like, wh- 
okay, now we can have at least, you know, sort of a friendship here. You know, I'll hold you exactly. down. We're going to work together. I'll, I'll be a team player. It's about a team, right? You know, I think with exactly. sports, sports, it teaches us one intangible that, you know, you don't have to play uh, athletic or, you know, like sort of any that kind of that leisure. If you're a team player, man, that can go far. You see all kinds of success. Mm-hmm. And that's even if you're a company man or if you're – uh, entrepreneur and start your own endeavor you need a team and like you know you being that team guy you know and being re- you know appreciative of the process like you know getting getting to that spot where you are with philadelphia union like you're still there you moved home from philly and still stuck with them mm-hmm. you know it's not a time to like leave a company during the middle of a pandemic right now you know <laughs> for sure yeah it's really tested on loyalty right you know so like I- i'm uh, this is the first time I heard this story, bro. And, like, you know, I'm really, really, um, you know, taken aback and really impressed that you hung in there during during those seven months of turmoil. It's, it's, it's fine to feel that way. Olivia said in last week's episode, you got to hit, hit a low to get to a high, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tell everyone this. I tell everyone it's a – it's a, a minor setback for a major comeback, you know? Like, I say that line a lot, but it's the realest thing. Like, because, like you said, you got to go through some lows to get to some highs, you know? Like, you got to you gotta go through the trenches and see what it's like. And, you know, it gives you a new passion and to work harder for it, you know, for sure. Yeah, it makes you stronger as a person, you know? It, may, it mm-hmm. makes your skin tougher. It makes you, like, you know, we're going to... Uh, I say this time and time again with all these episodes, you know, we're going to go through life and it's not it's not going to be smooth. It's not going to be like easy. It's not going to be like unless you're extremely privileged, like it's not like uh, like probably 99 percent of the world population is going to go through some turmoil, a lot of turmoil in our lives. But it's really how we can find our way out of that tunnel. See the light. You did that, man. You did. And that's it's amazing, man. It's not. You know, it feels like you're losing your sense of purpose, but you stuck with it and you like, you know, head down. It's kind of like, you know, that running back going through the trenches, a lot of trenches and like seeing that light and running for that touchdown, bro. So exactly. Like sometimes you're going to get tackled like behind the line three times in a row. But on that fourth time on that fourth down, you're going to break and go for a tutty. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like you got to wait for it and keep working for it. Absolutely, bro. Yep. That brings me to my next question. You know, uh, there's also expectations. You know, I think like a lot of families, it doesn't matter what fan, like, you know, this can be a thing with Filipino families, but I'm sure it can happen with any families, you know, whether you're white, you're black, you're Hispanic, you know, there's, there's a generational divide, like, you know, and like, there's like what happened in the seventies, what happened in the eighties, what happened in the nineties. It's not the same. What happened in the two thousands, 2010s and now 2020, you know, but I want to ask, um, can you describe how you deal with the expectation of making your parents proud, knowing that they have potentially different expectations than you have right now? And, you know, what about making yourself proud? How do you balance those two? Um, I think they definitely go hand in hand, for sure. Um, dealing with, like, making my parents proud for sure. Like in the beginning, you know, this, like us growing up, they, you know, our parents, like the moms are all nurses. The dads were in the military, you know, that's almost all of them. And like, they expected us, you know, to be lawyers, nurses, doctors, all that stuff. And like, once we got older, you know, it was, they were starting to notice that like almost 
all of us weren't taking that route. You know, there were some of us that were, but for the most part, a lot of us weren't. And, um, it's, it was a thing where, um, I think they're just proud of me in the sense of my parents are proud of me. Like if I just focus on my goals, you know, I think that's what, that was what was always a thing. But when I was a kid, I, w- I thought it was always, if I'm not a doctor, like my parents are going to like, you know, are going to hate what I do for a living. But like, as I got older, I realized, you know, my parents put a lot of trust into me, my brother, sister, let us do what we want to do, you know, like, like, um, we talked like before the episode or just always like we talked about on the phone before, like our parents, you know, came from the Philippines, um, like, uh, were like nurses, you know, like the made it in America, you know, like came to America for the dream, you know? And then that's a lot to, to live by, you know, like, dude, like me, like getting older, you know, you don't realize it when you're a kid, but like, as you get older, you're like, man, like my parents did all this, like, I got to make them proud, you know, like, so a lot of what I do and like how I hold my own is like for my parents. I don't care if I'm 26, I'm still doing it for them, you know? And like, we, we joke about it all the time and we're like, me and my brother's sister, like, yo, we're going to buy you guys a house. Like you, like when we get older, like all this stuff, like we joke around, but like, I'm like serious about it, you know? Cause like we owe it all to them. And just going back, it's, you know, I think they're just proud of me having a goal, having like, and like, and I'm achieving them and like, you know, I'm progressing as, as a person. And I think as, as they see the growth in me and as long as I have my eye on the goal, then they're proud of me at the end of the day. So I think that intertwines because as long as I'm focused and they see that I'm focused, then, hey, everything's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, man, shout out to Neon Louie. Shout out to Neon Bernard. You know, they, you know, they, it, it doesn't need to be, you know, uh, a route where we feel uncomfortable. You know, you guys are going your own direction where you feel like you're happy and successful at the same time. I know Neon Louie's been hip to that since so long bro and like the Mm -hmm. fact that you guys know and we talked about this like you said you know uh some like as filipino uh filipino kids here first gen here in america and maybe a lot of other people you know we are actually a little bit spoiled because Mm -hmm. coming from another country into the united states we will never amount to that i'm sure we can try but, like, in the day and age that they tried that in 1980s, 1970s, so in that time frame, late 70s, early 80s, to come here in a time where it was probably a very still racist America, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, treated people in different type of way if you were not white, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a very, very difficult task. And for them to come there, for your mom to come here as – you know, a Filipino woman, you know, and really, yeah. like, you know, come from, and, like, I know I know what neighborhood she come from, same neighborhood for my mom, you know, Rembo in the Philippines, you know, outside of Makati, you know, to come to come all the way here, you know, I know um, for the viewers that don't know that, you know, uh, Bjorn's mom and my mom are best friends growing up. They came here together. They lived in New Mexico at first, and, New Mexico, don't tell me that's the most diverse place that you ever seen. You know, you know they they even they, they even hung out. My mom told me they hung out in Midland, Texas. Like, come on now. And then so then they went to like Washington D.C. Like, how can you imagine us trying to go that far from like like say America was not the land of opportunity and like somehow like X X country was land of opportunity. We had to go there and then find a city and like 
no, like that's not like we're not wired to do that. But our parents were, mm-hmm. you know, they that mm-hmm. is like some inter- insurmountable like challenge and task to like come here, find a life of their own, raise a family. Their dream is to raise kids that they love and find their own dreams in this land of dreams, in this land of promise, mm-hmm. this land of opportunity. So, you know, I I am so uh, my heart, my heart's warm to hear that you uh, burn that. Queer Brian, you know, a, a, the, a, the the way we live in life is to give back to our parents. That's all they could ever Always. dream of. And I think that's what everyone in this audience that is watching right now is to give back to the parents the same way they have done for us. You know, in this generation, for the pe- kids that grew up in the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, we all are spoiled. You know, we are all spoiled. Yeah. Right? You know, and I know there's a lot of families that don't, have it the way they should. You know, there's a lot of uh, we're, we're privileged, and there's a lot of underprivileged mm-hmm. families. But it is yeah. That's why I don't I don't try to like. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I don't do. mean to like. I don't try to like complain about anything because, like you said, like their journey is just mm-hmm. nutty. You know, it's yeah. absolutely crazy. So like, I'm like, I'm only going like three hours up the street, and they, you know, went cross like from the Philippines to the United States. You know, so like, I can't even complain about what I'm doing right now. You know, yeah. so. Like, like you said, I always just date back to them and, like, realize what they went through and just I'm always thankful. And I just always got to make them proud and give back at the end of the day. Yeah. And then, honestly, if you are listening to this episode right now, you are privileged. The fact that you're holding an iPhone or watching through <laughs> your laptop or, you know, you're, the fact that you even have electricity, you're, you're privileged right now. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that are going through a lot right now. And, like, you know, be it, like, you know, there's a lot of underprivileged families like you know especially that you know could use all of our support um you know generations before us it was harder so you really got to respect the generations before us i even if they we do you know i don't mean to even take it this far but we do have all our different political views and whatnot you we all got to respect the generations before us because they really always had a different journey a difficult journey less technology less resources less kind of you know, like they 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 don't they didn't have no podcast to listen on their iPhone <laughs> or on their laptop to like kind of like help them, you know, or like shape them. They did it on their own. So, you know, you 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 really giving that, uh, you know, paying paying the respects, the dues to Niang Louie, your mom, Uncle Bernard, your dad. You know, like that. That's something that we all live for. You know, it's a dream, and I know for I sure. Have, I have no doubt that. With what you're describing, you're going to be successful at it. Thank you. Yeah. And that with that, you know, we all have dreams, bro. So I want to ask, you know, right now, you're, we're talking about graphic design. You're there. You're, But you're with Philadelphia Union. We talked about where else you could be. But, you know, describe if you are chasing your dreams right now or, you know, are you on a different path? But, you know, let's look back. Or let's look at right now, what are you most proud of today? I think I would just say, like, in terms of, like, my career, what I'm most proud of is, like, the work I put out. Um, Like you said in the beginning, like, it was a dream to design my own, like, Adidas shoe for the team. And, like, for it to be released publicly, like, on Adidas.com, you know, like, like a normal shoe. But, like, I designed it, you know, like... And you know, like, me, Jeff, and, like, you a little bit, but, like, my brother, like, we were into shoes, you know, growing up. Like, love shoes. So, like, you know, it was literally a dream when I'm a kid. I'm like, you know, I'm drawing 
fake shoes, you know, different colors, you know, all this stuff, like doing it on the computer, like playing around. I'm like one day, like, who knows, like, it would be a dream to like, you know, design my own shoe and get it like produced. And like, like literally a year ago, I designed an Adidas shoe and that was a dream come true. And I'm like, damn, I did this in like my first year as like in this career. Like, what is the next 80 years going to hold for me? You know, I already knocked one off the bucket list in the first year. Yeah, so that was definitely, like, that was for sure, like, my, my biggest accomplishment that I've done yet. Like, not even just for this team, just in general, like, as being a designer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, that's awesome that you look at it as, like, wow, I accomplished this feat, like, at a young age. Like, and you, like, mm-hmm. if I can do this, you know, I can, oh, my gosh. Ima- imagine what I can accomplish when I have the brain power, the experience, the wisdom at like 10 years from now. And I, I'm glad that mm-hmm. you really look at it like so optimistically, you know, cliche, you know, glass half full instead of glass half em- empty. So, exactly. you know, I think, you know, with, with the shoe design, that's that's hard too. Like it's not like a flat 2D surface, you know, you're kind of like to like go around the edges, go around the corners, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. You know, and I don't, I don't know what else like goes into that. You know, to be honest, I'm not gonna pretend to, but like I'm sure <laughs> it. Okay. I'm I'm sure honestly, it's you know a lot more challenging than your original work. So to really accomplish mm-hmm. that and know that you are, you know, like you said, I'm not as much, but like Jeff, your brother Kree Brian, you being big shoe shoe heads, you know, and like to say that wow, I really did this, like that's great, and like with the blue camouflage and the. You know, the gold stripes, mm-hmm. like, you know, that, that you you put some uniqueness in that. And that's what, uh, that's what you know, advertisers, that's what brands, that's what, you know, that's how you sell products these days is, like, you differentiate mm-hmm. yourself, and you did that. So, yep. you know, really kudos to you on that, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And like you said, like, um, how I achieved it so early, you know, you set goals for yourself to, to achieve them. Once you achieve them, what do you do? You make more goals and then you achieve those and then it's just never ending. You know, you like you said, like we're chasing dreams, uh, chasing dreams. We're also chasing goals to make more goals. So then by the end of day, you look at your accolades and be like, yeah, I I did all this. You're not just chasing, you know, one dream. You're just to me, you're chasing multiple goals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like, you know, with those goals, like you just said, like if it's one goal, you're going to set that next one higher. You know, it's like you're mm-hmm. challenging yourself. So it, it, it's challenging. It can be, you know, it, it can be daunting if you're not like uh, feel like you're behind that goal for so long. But that's that's what the fun of life is. You know, once you get to that, it's going to be so much re- more rewarding, like mm-hmm. making that shoot like you did. So, yeah. And it's like you said, too, like um, in terms of like like chasing dreams, that was one of like my dreams that I already accomplished, but like, obviously, like I said, you keep setting yourself goals and we talked about it before, like we recorded, but like, I want to be with like an NBA team, you know, like I just grew up watching basketball. Like I said, I interned for the wizards and like, it's just a dream of mine to design for an NBA team. Yeah. It's not like my long-term goal. Like the second I do this, like, Oh, I'm done. Like, I can, I can, I can retire here and stuff like that. No, it's just like a check mark on my, on my list. You know, like I just, I need to work for NBA team. I got to, you know, it's, it, it's in my blood. I have to. And then after that, you know, that that's going to come sometime. But like my long-term goal is I want to 
you know, start my own agency, you know, be my own boss. You know, I freelance on the side right now. You know, it's fun. Um, make, you know, like solid money like that on the side. But like, I want to be a full time, like freelancer and have my own agency. That's the long term goal for sure. Amazing. Yeah, bro. Let me call Rob Palinka real quick. I think there's, uh, <laughs> I think there's an open position right now, and uh, I think there's a team called the Lakers. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> Your couch open? I'm covered. If that's the case, <laughs> yeah, we got you. There's two bed, two bedroom over here, bro. It's open. <laughs> oh, we're good. Yeah. We're good then. <laughs> For sure, brother. Well, I know you shed a lot of light right there with some advice, but you know, I want to see if you can dissect that a little bit further. You know, if there's, I say this every single episode, I'm sure you've heard some of this, but if there's one big piece of advice you could tell the audience, what will it be? I'm going to just double down what we said earlier, honestly, like major, uh, minor setbacks for major comebacks, you know, like it's, it's what we talked about, you know, it, you will go through some rough times, but you just got to make sure you, you can get through them, you know? It's not how you get through them, but you just need to, like, no matter what it takes, get through those obstacles. And then by the end of the day, like, it's going to be rough during those times, you know, whatever it is, what anyone's going through, if it's your career, relationship, life, anything in life, you know, just make sure you get through that obstacle in whatever way, stay at your own pace. And then as long as you get past that, man, the sky's the limit after that. And another one on top of that, since I just said at your own pace, I would say is, this is actually a super big advice too, is do not compare your life to another person's. Stay, everyone lives their life at their own pace. You are your own main character in your own movie. You know, you decide what happens next. Like your movie doesn't matter compared to another movie, you know. They're both two different story plots, two different, you know, two different genres, you know. At the end day, you're you're on your own pace. Like I said, when um when I was already a year, I graduated in five years. You know, it took me three years to get a job. You know, like and I kept looking over like over my shoulder, like what are my friends doing? Like what are my friends doing? Like you just gotta focus on yourself. You know, you gotta stop comparing yourself to what other people are doing and just focus on your own well being. And like and you know you said it before, we're living in like the social media world. You know, it's that era, and it's hard to get away from seeing other people's accomplishments what other people are going through, you know? Because mm -hmm. every time someone achieves something, it's posted. And like I said, when I was, like, without a job and seeing people, like, oh, first car, oh, bought a house, oh, and I'm just like, damn, like, I don't even have a job. Like, I don't have anything mm -hmm. going for me, you know? And it's, like I said, you just focus on yourself. Don't look at what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. If anything, use it to, like, to you drive you to get – to it's, get to your goals, man. It's more fuel. It's more. Yeah. It's, it's, it's even more of a the stronger fuel in the engine. So love it. Yeah. yeah. Slow and steady wins the race. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, my cuzzo. You know that was an amazing session that we had right there. But before we sign off, I want to ask one last question: If you were wrestling at WrestleMania. No, I, not WrestleMania 50, okay? I was totally joking with that. But like, if, you're, <laughs> if you're wrestling at WrestleMania, if it's 37 next year or 38 or whatever, right? Uh, you're in the main event mm. at WrestleMania. Vince McMahon book you there. And he said, who would your dream opponent be? Who would you pick? Damn, dream opponent? Oh, man. To sell, okay, I have two answers. 
if I want to sell tickets and like get it to be the highest rated, we're obviously getting The Rock, like without a doubt. The Rock is, and I know you and The Rock, obviously, growing oh. up. I know you love The Rock. I cried when Hulk Hogan ran over him in the ambulance. <laughs> oh my God. I cried. Yeah, James, James and The Rock are another level. So let me not get too deep into that. But like on a more like WWE perspective, like I would probably go with Shawn Michaels. He. Is just like as like an actual like entertainer and like professional wrestler. Best he is in so ring good performer. At what he does. Yes, best in ring yes. performer. Yeah, can sell anything. People mm-hmm. don't realize to this day his special. He's not really hitting them. He's just slapping his thigh. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. people don't realize he's not even like hitting the people, and he's just that good at his job that he's making it look so real. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think me and him as, like, little people, like, I might swanton bomb him, you know, like, <laughs> he might get a little crazy. It's a high-flying match, man. We could get the ladders yeah, out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, when we were young and I used to, like, frog splash all you know? <laughs> <laughs> No, I think you were RVD at that time, but, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Shawn Michaels, he would, he would be a good fight. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, he's Mr. WrestleMania for all of you people that don't know. I think even The Rock, like being my favorite wrestler, he said he would love to wrestle Shawn Michaels. They're best, amazing sellers, right? Like wrestling is not yep. real, like, but it's about how you sell the moves, how you act. It's like drawing the emotion, which is kind of mm-hmm. like how acting is. How It is how acting is, but like, you know, how sh- you know, showmanship, you know, like how, you know, improvising, like, the, yeah, Shawn Michaels and BJ at WrestleMania, man, <laughs> that might be, people, go ahead. No, I was going to say, people, people like, don't realize, like, when people are like, oh, wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake, like, what is the E in WWE? Duh, duh, it's fake, yeah. You know, like, we're just entertained, it's just fun to watch, you know, yeah. it's enjoyable, it's, you know. It's just drama. So obviously, it would be yeah, I would get rocked by anyone in the ring, you know. But like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and him, I'm definitely getting a couple clotheslines and some moves on him yeah. for sure. Hey man, Shawn Michaels is a strong guy, so you know I think mm-hmm. what you you need to do is just call Devon, call call Bubba Ray. We'll get we'll get the <laughs> table we'll get the tables 3D him, all right. And when Triple H come oh when Triple H come out, then we'll bring out Cactus Jack and the Undertaker. We'll, we'll yeah we'll it's a party out there. So. I think I have PTSD from the word 3D because my brother and your brother did that to me way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Way too many times. And I remember we'd be pulling out, like, we going to, like, uh, Baltimore or we going out in D.C. We get out the van and they're like, 3D. They try to pick you up, like, oh in the parking lot. Yeah. Like, man, we just step and out I'm the like car. I'm, like, 10 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. do anything about it, you know. Yeah, it's bro. just, you know. I'm, I was the youngest one. It's just, you, you got to take it. You got to take it. Well, bro, you know, hey, you know, thank you again for coming on to the show. I do want to say this is my outro, so I'm going to go in on this. But even more grateful for you for helping a lot with the launch of How We Bounce Back. I appreciate you always, Cuzzo, like you said. And and, and Kuya Brian said, you know, we may we might not be out of blood related, but we are closer than most cousins, nearly siblings since Jocelyn Trotter Court. I know you got so many projects going on with your podcast. Every day is Sunday. The tune in Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You know you you you're helping people launch their own businesses. Mostly out there in Arizona. I know you be cooking yep. up something. So looking forward to that. You don't gotta tell us right now and spoil the formula, but we're looking forward to whatever you got to come, bro. You got that entrepreneur hat on all the time. But bro, keep elevating yourself at work. 
I love you, brother. I'll see you at MGM National Harbor in a few weeks and maybe on Christmas Day. So thank you again. Facts. Yes, I would just like to say again, James, thank you for um, letting me get a little feature on this podcast. It was a great time talking to you. And like like you said, you haven't heard, you know, that story about like, you know, my coming up after that, like my job career path. Like, because, you know, it's not something I go around telling everyone, you know, but, you know, if it's anyone I tell publicly like you know it's gonna be you like my brother you know it's just a genuine talk with me and you and i think it's a good conversation for people that are you know like i said finishing college or just like you know at a standstill in life especially with the pandemic going on it's just a good heartfelt story to hear like you know like 2020 as a whole has you know but you know like i said we're all gonna overcome keep your eye on the prize set some goals and achieve them man at the end of the day so that's all that matters but yeah thank you again james for this yes sir amen i gotta do this one time for them yow (laughs) yow tune in next week for a very unique episode where the roles are reversed my fiance rosemary will be the host and will interview me i will open up on my depression my first year in la especially after walking out on my first job out here I will also talk about the saddest time in my life when the most important person in my life passed away. And lastly, Rosemary might challenge me on our relationship. Thank you everyone for staying on. It's almost holiday break, so stop procrastinating and go get gifts for your family and keep marching towards closing out this year strong. Everyone, smiles up. Be the best you every damn day. He's BJ. I'm James. See you all. Next week, yeah. I need it.